0: We're not friends because I'm not cool enough to hang out with you, so you pretended not to even know me anymore, until you needed me to do your homework, because you couldn't do it yourself. Specimen of a human. I hope this episode finds you well. So it's August. It happens every year, but it still takes me by surprise. I just think July felt like it was going on for, you know, it just went so quickly. Summer's half over, more than half over, which is a bit terrifying. And in a cold country like this, it's even more terrifying. But wherever you're listening from, welcome. Make yourself at home, put your feet up, grab a cup of tea. Today we're going to be talking about training with arthritis so this is a topic um that i deal with quite regularly i have quite a lot of older clients i've had quite a lot of older clients over the years now as most of snow arthritis tends to um hit you harder and more prominently whenever you get older and as you get older or does it we're going to talk about all that sort of stuff um a little bit later on but i thought it's about time we Address this topic because it is quite big one. It's it's a nuisance. It's annoying. There's a lot of um, a lot of hearsay around. It, a lot of uh, people think they kind of know what it is, and people think they know what it what it's like to deal with. But having managed and, and trained uh, lots of clients over the years with it, I've picked up a few things um, from training them: what works, what doesn't work, what helps, what doesn't help. So just thought I would share some of that plus look into what some of the relevant authorities and relevant agencies say about it and how to deal with it, how to possibly prevent it, how to treat it, what to do when it comes to training, what works, what doesn't work and all that stuff. Um, Thank you so much for um, listening, for taking the time to listen. If this is your first time listening, you're very welcome. Should say that we are a gym based in Warrenpoint and Drumore in County Down, Northern Ireland. And we do have a couple of spaces free in our classes at the moment. Just a quick plug, but we've had some really um, some, some new members join recently. Some new class members have so been great, some old faces back as well. So it's been absolutely fantastic just to, to see them. And uh, yeah, the new faces as well. So if you would like to come and check out some of our classes, we have one on every evening from 6 15 pm to 7 15 pm. On Monday and Thursday, we've got a class. It's our flagship class called Total Body Toning. It's a mix of everything. We've got resistance, we've got bodyweight exercises, kettlebells, dumbbells, some of the barbells. Um, so lots of resistance exercise, but also cardio. So um, machines, running, skipping, all sorts of things um, and also some core work. So it's a bit of a mixture of everything. On Tuesdays and Friday evenings, we have Par, which is our strength class. So it's all about getting stronger. So that comes down to um, getting your body weight strength stronger and also um, externally trying to lift heavier on barbells and things. So just starting where you're at. You might only lift the barbell your first week. Um, some of the guys we started this off in October and some of the guys have gotten really strong guys and girls I say guys kind of collectively but guys and girls have gotten really strong added some proper strength in those those months and uh, the more consistently you stick at it obviously the more you're going to be rewarded and then on Wednesday evening and on Saturday morning at 8.15 till 9am we have Atomic which is our hit cardio class so if you want to work out with sweat you want to get out of breath and um, you want not have to think too hard come to that class that's the one for you you're going to burn a lot of calories you're going to uh, get those endorphins going you're going to be working your aerobic system and you're going to feel absolutely great after it maybe not during it but after it but you can go as hard as you, as you want to so i'll try and put a link in the show notes about that class and um, if you go to the classes in your list and do share the um share the classes with other people because we'd love to get those completely filled up we've still got a couple of spaces not too many but um once everybody goes back people are on holidays and stuff at the minute but we'd love to get those classes maxed out and to get to the point where we have to think about to add more into the schedule that would be fantastic um, as a service to our local communities coming into the the autumn time soon so we would love to get um, lots of people in for for that so stick around we're going to talk about arthritis and training so first of all what is arthritis now I didn't actually know this until I started doing a bit more digging but apparently there are over a hundred different types of arthritis, which is kind of crazy, right? hundred. Madness. But um, arthritis is basically the swelling uh, and or tenderness in one or more joints. So some of the symptoms, uh, common ones are joint pain, stiffness. And as we said, it typically does get worse with age, unfortunately. Uh, the most common types are osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. So osteoarthritis, that causes cartilage. So that's like the hard, slippery tissue that's um, over the ends of your bones, kind of where they, they form a joint, where it breaks down. So that, 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 that cartilage breaks down. Rheumatoid arthritis is a disease in which basically your immune system attacks the joints, beginning with those lines of the joint, which is not pleasant. Um, there's something called uric acid, and uric acid crystals, they form whenever there's too much uric acid in your blood. Um, which can cause gout so infections or maybe other diseases such as psoriasis or lupus can cause other types of arthritis so there are lots of varieties of it sometimes we just talk about arthritis as if it's the one thing but there are different varieties of it there's different treatments available um it depends on the type of arthritis and the main goals of those treatments are just to kind of reduce the symptoms and improve quality of life get you out of the pain cave as it were. There are no known cures of it. I know everyone's got this. Oh my granny said to do this and this will cure. There's no known cures. Um, I hate to burst the bubble, but hopefully there will be some. Some there's some treatments have been very very successful in, um, getting rid of the pain. But hopefully there will be down the road some cures for it to help reverse it. But symptoms of arthritis usually do develop over time, but they can also appear quite suddenly. So if you suddenly have a pain somewhere that came out of nowhere and you don't know where what happened to it. And um, that could be arthritis as well. Um typical age for developing rheumatoid arthritis is between thirty and fifty. So unfortunately, that's me. I'm thirty four. So, yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah, but it can also actually develop in teens, um, children, young young adults as well. So it's not just um older people. Sometimes we associate arthritis with someone using their you know their seventies or eighties, but it can affect younger people as well. So osteoarthritis, it is caused by wear and tear, generally speaking, um, and it is another one of the main call, um, forms of arthritis. So things like an infection or maybe if you get an old in, injury, um, that can exacerbate this natural breakdown of your cartilage tissue. Cartilage, it's like, as I said, it's like a firm kind of slippery connective tissue in your joints, and protects your joints, absorbs pressure, absorbs shock. Uh, whenever you you know you run or you do something impactful so whenever you reduce the normal amount of this cartilage tissue um it can cause forms of arthritis to develop so you also we also are, are at risk of developing osteoarthritis um if you have a bit of a family history of it so if your parents or grandparents have had it um it's a fairly um unfortunate sign that you're maybe going to get it as well osteoarthritis it also um, is more common in people in their 50s and 60s but there's studies that reveal like radiographic evidence um, of osteoarthritis occurring in women in their 40s so um, it also tends to be a lot more prevalent if you're overweight so we're banging on about obesity quite a lot in this podcast because it is like the most kind of pressing um, disease of the, the modern world it makes every other disease worse and this is this is no different. If you've got arthritis, being overweight makes it worse, worse, and could contribute to it as well. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis, as we we mentioned already, it's like an autoimmune disorder, and whenever you, whenever your body's immune system attacks the tissues, this results in inflammation to joints as well as potentially other bodily organs as well. Um, so in the joints, whenever there is this inflammatory response. affects the synovium so that's a tissue in your joints that produces a fluid uh, which is supposed to nourish the cartilage and lubricate the joints so we always do like warm-ups here things like the bike gentle exercise gentle gentle um, movement to get the synovial fluid going in the joints so um, that can be an issue if that that synovium is is damaged um, or it's not being produced as much so Whenever you're, you're kind of destroyed, you know, the bone and the cartilage inside the joint, you can obviously imagine the pain that that's potentially going to lead to. Now, the exact cause of what, you know, what what makes your immune system attack itself, essentially attack your own body, it's unknown. But some scientists have thought that um, genetic markers or genetic markers that can increase your risk of developing um, rheumatoid arthritis by five times. So it's not very pleasant, is it? It's not a nice outlook, but it's important to kind of know what we're talking about, what we're discussing before we go any further um, and kind of put some sort of meaning to the phrases and the terms and just understand what it is we're dealing with today. So we tend to be quite familiar with the symptoms of arthritis, but we're going to go in a little bit more detail just to give a really good overview. So things like joint pain, stiffness, swelling, they're the ones that we kind of know of. They're the ones that you'll hear people... um, talking about if they have arthritis, but your symptoms can also feel worse in the morning. So whenever you get out of bed, or if you stand up um, after you have been resting for a while, that can make it worse. So there's some other symptoms, so things like limited range of motion, that maybe goes away after a bit of movement. So I know I've had clients like that uh, in the morning, took a wee while just to get get going. They actually prefer training in the evening because they're a little bit more warmed up and uh, loose then. Um, maybe clicking or popping if you if you try and bend, um, even muscle weakness around the joint, and um, bony growths in the fingers, instability, and um, buckling of the joint, and then even things like grating or scraping—that sort of feeling in the knees doesn't feel good. Um, and then things for for rheumatoid arthritis. There's other other symptoms like you know morning stiffness. You know it can take about thirty minutes or so before you kind of start getting loosened up, and um, more than one joint is affected, so it might not just be one one joint, it might be both knees or it might be both both ankles or both wrists or whatever. Fatigue as well, um, maybe even a little bit of a fever, a little bit of a temperature, inflammation eye for your eyes and mouth, which is quite surprising, a lot of people maybe wouldn't realise that and I certainly wouldn't have realised that until I did a bit more digging, even inflammation of your heart and your blood vessels, um, low red blood cell counts, so you obviously don't know that if you wake up in the morning you're not aware of those sort of things. Uh, apart from maybe the eyes and mouth, but um, what sometimes an onset in smaller joints like your feet and your hands. So the ones that you're standing on, or you're doing loads of stuff with with your hands. Those are the ones that can be affected as well. Um, but arthritis can, can you know may be caused by sort of wear and tear of a joint from from overuse. So as I said, injuries, obesity. So if you're carrying too much weight. And if you have any other autoimmune disorders, it can um, also be a trigger, and then genes, family history, and muscle weakness, which is which brings us to uh, why it's important to do some training, if you can, and when you can. So yeah, it's all fun stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really fun. Um, and it's, it's nothing to look forward to, but there. There are some things you do. Obviously, there's drugs and there's medication and you can get prescribed those sort of things Depend on the type of arthritis that you have and that's something to chat with, um, to chat about with your GP. But aside from that, there's things like hot and cold therapy. So cold therapy, cold water therapy is really popular these days. But hot and cold, even though it's a temporary fix, just applying a bit of heat and then a bit of ice to your joints, your, your arthritic joints, the ones that are giving you bother, it can sometimes ease the inflammation of the pain just to get a bit of temporary relief if you're in and uh, the pain key if you're, if you're just hurting all the time. Weight loss as well, um, it's not, I'm not saying it's a cure, but it's something that can alleviate the symptoms, which is as good as a cure, let's be honest, as we get older. But whenever you're older, sorry, whenever you're overweight, um, it's gonna add extra stress to your joints, right? Not just, even if your joints are in perfectly good working order, if you're carrying extra weight around all the time and it's not useful tissue, it's not useful weight like muscle, which will help support itself, then it's damaging, it's gonna add extra stress to your joints, and it is gonna damage them um with impact with any time you load them, um not progressively basically. So whenever you lose weight, it can help alleviate some of that pressure. And I don't mean muscle, don't if you're but like an absolute tank <laughs> and you're really, really strong, I'm not saying you should lose loads of weight and get really thin and you know just get, get stick thin. That's not what I'm saying either. So in many in many ways, whenever you, whenever you diet, obviously, whenever you look after your diet and you, you train, um, a bit of weight loss as well. So those are the things that can um, be even more effective than just medication or drugs. Um, there's lots of lots of um, backup behind that as well. Um, if you look it up, if you can obviously do things more naturally rather than taking drugs and medication, even better. It's more of a long-term solution, right? Sometimes we need painkillers. Sometimes we need stuff to get... Get the pain down just so we can sleep, and if you're not getting sleep, it's gonna to lead to other problems, right? But losing weight, um, we've all put weight on over the last two years, right? Ironic that you know, uh, respiratory illness, which, um, tended to attack those who are overweight more often. It's ironic that we all put on weight, right? But this is another indicator This is another um area where losing weight and not carrying extra fat tissue is beneficial. Something else, um, braces. So, if you can give your your arthritic joint some support, um, uh, like a brace or a splint, just to give it a little bit of extra um support and uh, stability, so you know so it can work properly. Why not do it? Um, it's not that they should be. It should be used all the time. It's not that it should be something that you rely on for the rest of your life, um, as a, as a cause of habit. But it should be something that maybe you could revert to if you have to when you have to don't see it as like a long-term crutch don't say like don't don't pretend like you're you're in that place all the time Um, when you need to when it's necessary why not so even just things like going to a physio sometimes you need a physio sometimes you might need a sports massage sometimes you might just need a little bit of soft tissue treatment which can help um alleviate some of the stress around the joint so for example say your back is is, is achy say, say your knees sore so if you got a little bit of tissue working in your, your, your calf, your, your hamstring, or your quad, or your Achilles, and you get that, that loosened up, that's gonna leave you a little bit of pressure in and around the knee. So even if there is a bit of inflammation there, you're gonna help stay out of pain, which is important. And then like we said, exercise. is obviously an incredibly um, effective way to manage, manage pain uh, if you have osteoarthritis. It's, it's safe to exercise. With arthritis and also you can improve your joint health you can improve your joint function range of motion and build muscle get stronger which is going to help um, support your weight so whether you're light or you're heavy you're tall or you're small if you put on a bit of muscle you're going to be able to support your frame much better pack a bit of meat Um, there's something called tens and this, this is something i i'd have never heard of before until i started looking into more this but it's known as transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation so it's probably something like when you think about it yeah you probably see it or it makes sense but TENS as it's known is a procedure that uses light electrical pulses to change the way pain is felt so yeah something else to look into if you're in uh, suffering from this in a severe way and then when, when or if necessary surgery I try never to recommend surgery to anybody not my place not for me but um, if you can avoid it obviously it's better to avoid it yeah I think you'd agree there but yeah if your if your joints kind of aren't you know your your, your arthritic joints aren't responding to, to other forms of treatment or to, to um any of these other things then sometimes it might be necessary to, to have surgery on them unfortunately and then there are some more more advanced newer techniques and the uh, treatments available like biologic medications and they're normally given by injection or infusion um, and there's been great advances in, in rheumatoid arthritis treatment although not necessarily for osteoarthritis but there is um, the first oral biologic drug for rheumatoid arthritis I'm not going to try and pronounce it but it's available at the, min- at the minute um, according to one study this was published in 2014 issue of the New England Journal of Medicine um, it was better at slowing joint damage and lessening um, rheumatoid arthritis symptoms than the current mainstay treatment so I don't want to give you the names of any of these things because I don't want to like prescribe drugs. This is what this is about. We're not going to prescribe drugs in this channel. But there are things to look into is what I'm saying. Okay, you can go and do your own research and chat to your, your own doctor. But there's things coming up. There's things that might help you in the future. But I always like to point people to the things that are available to us right now. I mean, we all know exercise benefits, all right? We all know that eating well benefits us in a variety of ways but we don't do it. We're waiting for this new miracle cure. We're waiting for this new miracle drug. And 90% of the things that, you know, the benefits that we're looking for, we can get from the the current things that are available to us. Exercise, sleeping well, managing stress, doing all of these things and doing them consistently. But it's like somebody who can't sleep very well and, you know, will stay up until like two o'clock in the morning on their phone or watching TV, blue light getting into us. And instead of, um, you know, trying to go to bed earlier, getting outside in the sunlight, um, getting our melatonin production going, um, doing all the basics. We'll just want a sleeping pill. We'll want something else, right? We'll want a new bed. We'll spend money on all these things whenever the current the, cur- the cures that are currently available to us are free. We just need to invest a little bit of time and a little bit of effort into um, applying them. So yeah, kind of the same principle here, I guess, is, is, is my take on it. I think we're better staying away from... Uh, for medications and drugs as much as possible. I know uh, every time, every now and then it is necessary. I mean, if I'm going to get surgery, I prefer not to be cut open and fully awake. Just, just my preference. I know everyone's different, but just my preference. So another question you might have is, can we avoid arthritis? Is it, are we all doomed to have arthritis? Um, in some cases we can do things to help prevent. Um, in other cases, it is very much genetic, so things like family history and your age um and what sex you are as well is gonna play a part. You can't always prevent it unfortunately and um, there's lots of different varieties of varieties that are more common in women um so there's things that already are control, and that's just life right there's lots of stuff out of our control, but there's an awful lot of stuff in our control. There's things that we can uh, do to avoid being in pain so there's a few healthy habits I mean we we're always promoting them. Like, there's a lot of crossover here depending um, on what, what your ailment is or what your condition is but there's a lot of things that will cross over and will apply but you can help reduce the risk of developing the of pain that goes with arthritis as you get older so a lot of these practices like exercise and training, eating well they help prevent other diseases too like we're always talking about here. So in general things like um a variety of things a balanced diet as they say so obviously fruit and vegetables, meat, fish, eggs, you know, beans, legumes, um, milk, dairy products, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, You know, rice, potatoes, pasta. So balance. Balance really is key. And nutrients. Nutrient-dense foods is, is probably the most vague but specific way I can put it. And as we said already, if you're overweight, losing weight really, really, really really help with coping with arthritis. It'll help alleviate the symptoms and the pain. The pain is the thing, okay? There's lots of other things. I mean, we're we'll all get a bit stiff as we get older, right? But pain is a different matter. Pain just makes you grumpy. It makes you irritable. It just it just grinds you down and beats you up. So we don't want to be in pain constantly. So if you've got too much, as I said, if you've got too much weight, um, it places extra pressure on your joints, your hips, your knees, your ankles, your feet, your back even as well. So this leads to more pain and then more mobility problems because we stiffen up with compensate and there's all sorts of unforeseen knock-on uh, consequences as well. So first of all, omega-3 fatty acids are something you want to look into. So they are a type of polyunsaturated fat. Um, they have lots of benefits. So they can help reduce inflammation in your body. And um, There's actually research that has shown that taking omega-3s will help reduce rheumatoid arthritis activity in the joints, which is... Obviously, something you want to look into if you have rheumatoid arthritis, but things like um, fish. So fish are quite high in our omega three. So salmon, trout, mackerel, sardines, kind of oily fish, I guess. Um, wild, wild fish caught um, is also preferred over things like farm fish. They tend to probably have better quality omega threes and more omega threes. Um, nuts and seeds: walnuts, flax seeds, chia or chia. I can never. I don't know how to pronounce that, but chia seeds. Um, are all all good options as well, and then things like eggs, um, are all good good as well. There's supplements available as well, um, but if you can get it straight from the fish or straight from the nut or the seed, even better. And like I said, managing your weight. So, if you think about your knees have to support all of your weight in your body, okay. So knees tend to be the one people complain about having arthritis, and I've got arthritis in my knees, got arthritis in my, my wrists. Um, there's all sorts of. Uh, this is you get arthritis but knees are the one they have to kind of all your body weight basically goes through your knees your poor knees um, and there's not a lot of muscle around them yes there's your quadriceps but there's not a lot of muscle in around the joint so a lot of times the knees start to get sore and achy it's, it's because you've lost range of motion in your ankles and in your hips so if that's the case and you're overweight guess what the knee is getting an absolute pounding in between so if you're even just 10 pounds overweight, so what's that, there's 2.2 pounds in a kilo, for, just for reference. The force that you are putting on your knee with every step it increases by about 30 to 60 pounds. Is that crazy? So people with a higher body weight, and this is people, not just I don't mean like people who are, who are huge amounts of muscle mass, it's like slabs of muscle on, they're really strong people with higher body weight are up to 4.55 times more likely to develop knee osteoarthritis than people at a moderate weight so if you're carrying extra weight most of us carry it around our north basically north of our knees right we carry it around our waist carry it around our hips carry it around our chest all those places which is above our knees which means gravity is putting force down through our knees and um, we don't tend to carry most of our weight below our knees right and our calves and stuff like that or our ankles or cankles but Obesity is also linked to higher risk of rheumatoid arthritis, and um, so it's worth it's worth trying to drop weight for that reason alone. I would say it's worth trying to get in shape if you just don't want to be in pain anymore. So, as we said, diet and exercise are obviously effective for bringing your weight into a healthier range. We say it all the time. I say it's like eighty percent nutrition and diet, um, if you're trying to manage your weight, and then training comes into that as well. It helps to manage it long term it helps it helps to do it and it kind of amplifies the effects of your of your good nutrition of your smart nutritional behavior um training then so we're going to get more detail at the training what to do what not to do but training it normally takes the stress off stress of excess weight off your joints because as you lose weight as you get slimmer but it's also going to strengthen the muscles around the joints so there's all sorts of studies that found that. If, you, if you've if got rheumatoid arthritis, especially in your knees, you're going to have weak quadriceps. It's just, they go hand in hand. And sometimes they don't know whether one leads to the other. So if you get sore knees, you stop squatting, you stop using the muscle. Or it's just the, the, the lack of muscle, it causes that compounding of damage in your knee joints. But this stabilizes them. Um, it can help protect from the wear and tear as well. If you've got more muscle in the bones, as we said, it's going to support, it's going to work together better. Your body's meant to, to work that way. It's got connective tissue it's got muscles it's got tendons, ligaments joints it's got all that stuff to try and help everything work according to plan so whether you, you do i would say strength exercise is a really important one all you need if you've got rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis all you need is like bone density start going down as well right and you're going to get all sorts of problems so endurance or aerobic exercises so you know walking swimming biking things it's going to get your heart pumping it's going to build a bit of endurance that's fine again you don't need to go over the top with it but I would encourage people to kind of walk and do something every single day it's not going to be too stressful it's not going to be too hard on you build it up gradually but so yeah training. there's lots of training options strength actually I was going to get that a little bit later and avoiding injuries is another important um, factor so over time our joints do tend to wear out naturally it's just the age right it's just too many times around the sun, as I say. When you injure your joints, for example, say you're playing sports, or you know, say you have a car accident, or say just something innocuous. You were drunk one night and you fell off a pavement. I hear that every? I hear that every Monday? <laughs> not every Monday. I'm only joking. I don't want to give you a bad uh, impression of my clientele. But though there might people like my clients who come to me and like they'll say, oh, "I've got this old injury." And I'm like what happened? And like I don't actually know. I was out for a night out and uh I woke up the next morning and my shoulder was aching or my knee was sore the amount of times that happens it's kind of crazy but it's just a little aside but yeah you can damage you can damage that cartilage and cause the wear out more quickly if you have injuries and accidents and things like that so about 50% of people what about this for start? about 50% of people they injure their anterior cruciate ligaments so their SELs it's commonly known they'll develop x-ray evidence of knee osteoarthritis within 10 to 15 years not crazy? So, I guess, like for sports people like footballers and stuff like that, their career's over anyway, so they don't need to worry from a career point of view and you know, a performance point of view, but um, it's, they're probably going to experience some pain. So, it's even more important for those guys to manage their weight and uh, keep strong, keep their legs strong. So, that risk exists even more for people who have surgery to repair the SEL tear. So, if you've got um, that SEL reattached, you're going to be even at a higher risk. So avoiding avoiding injury just you know mobilizing joints and things like that which brings us to mobility trying to restore joint function in your ankles, your knees, your hips, your back, your shoulders, your elbows, your wrists, your neck. All everywhere there's a joint basically you want to mobilize it every single day. You want to restore function and it will be harder in the mornings as we said, but you want to make sure you're you're doing that regularly. And then protecting your joints so so whenever you load up, whenever you're you know, lifting something heavy or squatting down or climbing stairs, it could lead to problems on down the road. There's actually some crazy stats here. Some studies have shown that workers who regularly lift, sorry, regularly have to lift heavy objects um, or squat or kneel or climb stairs are more than five times, five times more likely to develop knee osteoarthritis than workers that don't lift heavy things. So standing and being exposed to vibrations, um, there are other things that are going to affect osteoarthritis and are going to um, cause the risk to go up, so sometimes we look at desk workers and office workers, and like you know, they talk about sitting and you smoking, and it's really bad for your health, and takes so many years off your life. But there are consequences if you don't look after your your weight, if you don't look after your nutrition, if you don't train, and you haven't got enough muscle, that osteoarthritis is going to be a consequence of that. I guarantee you, these studies are workers they haven't assessed their body mass, they haven't assessed their their muscle percentage, their body fat percentage. I guarantee you, most of them. Um, will not have a muscle, enough muscle to support their frame they'll have too much fat uh, for their joints to cope with so things like builders, cleaners, farmers, metal workers, uh, floor like tilers and floor layers and people like that, joiners etc but if you use the right techniques, obviously if you know how to squat properly if you know how to deadlift properly, if you, you, can, you can use those skills, you can use those strengths to, to apply to your job as well now, repetitiveness is, is obviously gonna be a, you're gonna be fighting against that, but if you have a bit more muscle, if you're a bit stronger, you're gonna be in a better um, situation to be able to carry out those things. It's a, it's a general adaptation whenever you build strength, so it applies across to lots of different activities and makes you better at them, makes you more equipped to deal with them. So, always just, just carry the weight close to your body, so you're not putting too much stress on your wrist as well. Don't need your wrists to be pulled back. Um, don't overextend your knee, keeping your heel down as well. Whenever you're doing things like climbing stairs or stepping down from things. And trying to uh, mobilize your hips and keep them working well. One of the last ones we're going to talk about is smoking. So, don't smoke basically. That kind of sums it up. <laughs> um, it's just it's not a good idea, is it? I mean, it's really hard to stop it. I know that. But if you're listening and you're thinking of starting, if you're young... There's no young people listening to this one. I think everyone's like over thirty. But if you're if you're young and you're listening to this and you think they're starting to smoke or starting to vape or do something that you think's cool, you're you're not being cool, um ask anybody who smokes, right? Like when they're kind of thirties, forties, fifties, they'll all regret it. They all regret because they can't walk up a hill without being out of breath. That's not even getting into the, the, the higher risk of lung cancer and heart disease. It's just you know, they're stinking all the time. They got smelly teeth. They got smelly breath. They got smelly fingers. there's are like, yellow stuff everywhere from the cigarette. Basically, don't smoke. Have I done? Have I done my bit to put you off smoking? Um, smoke if you want to, but I just think it's a stupid idea. I think it's a really, really silly idea. I would love you to convince me otherwise, but imagine that we we used to think that it was a good idea. Imagine we used to think think that ah oh, yeah it's, it's healthy like inhaling smoke is healthy. It kills people in house fires, but it's healthy when we do it, just a little bit. That's, crazy, that's a crazy thought, right? How could we ever thought it was good for us? Anyway, so in 2009, the first review of studies was published on smoking and the risk of rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis. And The researchers they found that male smokers were about twice as likely to develop rheumatoid arthritis as female smokers, believe it or not. Sorry, let me check that out. Yeah, female smokers were about one time, 1.3 times as likely to develop rheumatoid arthritis as female smokers. So That's crazy, isn't it? I'm going over that again because I think I misread that. The researchers found that male smokers were about twice as likely to develop rheumatoid arthritis as male non-smokers. So non-smokers and smokers, that's the difference. So they're twice as likely. Female smokers were about 1.3 times as likely to develop rheumatoid arthritis as female non-smokers. Sorry, I mucked that up. But that's crazy. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Um, so, for every one person um, that developed, sorry, every two, for two people were developing arthritis for, for every one person, um, for your meal, if you smoked. So, researchers believe that the increased risk may be because rheumatoid arthritis affects the way the immune system works. Rheumatoid arthritis is an inflammatory disease, and smoking promotes inflammation throughout the body. No kidding. Smoking can also affect your treatment outcome. People who don't smoke, People who smoke sorry, don't respond as well to arthritis medications. In particular, studies show that smoking may prevent the tumor um, necrosis factor inhibitors that treat rheumatoid arthritis from working properly. So, this is from Healthline, I believe. i got this information. You can look it up. Um, something else to think about is getting more ergonomic. So, trying to set up your desk at work, uh, your desk at home, your kitchen table, your car seat setup. Um, making sure everything is in the right position because you're going to get sore joints. Even if you don't have arthritis, you're going to get achy joints, your posture is going to change, you're going to be in bad shape and that is going to have, um, it's going to just make you go further down the pain cave really and it's going to make, um, if you have arthritis, it's going to make it worse. And then also, just keep an eye on your blood sugar levels. So this is a really interesting uh, study. The relationship between arthritis and diabetes goes two ways. Um, the CDC um, it said 47% of US adults with diabetes have arthritis. 47% of US adults with diabetes also have arthritis. People with arthritis face a 61% higher risk of developing diabetes. It's pretty, pretty significant stats. Um, arthritis and diabetes also share common risk factors like obesity, lack of exercise and age. Sometimes age is a funny one. You know, people say like, uh, you know, this disease is worse for older people or this disease, you know, affects you worse as you're older. I'm wondering though, is it, is it because we've had, a, had more of an opportunity, we've had longer time spent self-sabotaging, like messing ourselves up, like if you're a 20-year-old smoker and a 60-year-old smoker and you've been smoking for 40 years and the 20-year-old smoker's just started, whose lungs are going to be in the worst condition, the 60-year-old or the 20-year-old? It's not just because the 20-year-old's younger, it's because he hasn't smoked for as long, right? He hasn't had 40 years of poisoning himself. um. So yeah, something to bear in mind whenever you hear age being listed as a, a risk factor in anything, anything really. Um. So yeah, blood sugar levels, keep an eye on that. So one reason that high blood sugar may lead to constant state of low-grade inflammation in the body um, is arthritis. So there's a 2019 study, sorry, there's a 2019 study um, review of studies found that people with type 2 diabetes are more likely to develop osteoarthritis even if they're not overweight. So, so that's one reason that high blood sugar may lead to constantly and low level inflammation in the body. So inflammation, inflammation can be good and we're going to discuss that when it comes to training but when it comes to arthritis it's not good and especially too much of it and too often of it, it's not a good thing. So, getting regular blood sugar checks and um, getting diabetes treated is really really important and um, just so you can avoid complications like nerve and eye damage stuff like that that's nasty so the next question you might have is can you train with arthritis we well, already said you can so that's kind of that question answered right so we'll move on just kidding so there is a, a study here on ncbi.nlm.nih.gov so it's a academic website basically and there's a quote here and it saying that intensive strength training can change thigh composition in older adults and has shown promise in treating the underlying biomechanical so that's knee loading knee joint loading and inflammatory disease pathways studies in healthy older adults associate intensive strength training with an increased fat free thigh mass and quadriceps cross-sectional area and decreased percent body fat and thigh subcutaneous fat with minimal alteration in total body weight. So that's saying, in short, that if you've got off osteoarth- if you've got arthritis in your knees, basically you can still keep training. And I would agree you can train. Now there are different severities of arthritis, there are different um there are different ways to train as well. But if you've got arthritis in your fingers and your hands you know, you might have the joints affected as well, but it doesn't mean that you should not train. It doesn't mean that you should just go, out oh, sore. So We know what the, what, is, what the pain is, right? So as we said, there's lots of studies showing the strength in the, your muscles um, will support your joints, improve your function, reduce stiffness, improve mobility, and can actually reduce pain as well. So whenever you focus on the form, you focus on the full range of motion, whatever that means for you, um, rather than trying to do loads and loads of reps or something, um, you're, you're you're gonna try and manage the pain. Okay, so it's gonna be working a little bit differently to someone who, who doesn't have the these issues. Okay, so and if an exercise doesn't feel comfortable, don't do it. As simple as that. Um, if it if it feels really really painful, how much can you tolerate? I'm not telling you to just go and hurt yourself here for fun, um, <laughs> but, you know. What, what what are you gonna do? What what's the alternative? Um do you avoid training altogether? Do you just you know stick on Netflix and lie up on the couch? Do you just do walking or swimming instead? Um those things are probably gonna get sore to some extent if you if you don't train and as we said already if you avoid training, if you just say ah oh, strength training is not for me, is osteoporosis for you? I'm not, I don't make that sound like a threat, um, but realistically, there's a very high chance that you're going to develop osteoporosis if you don't strength train. To some extent, your bone mineral density is going to go down, um, and it's going to become more brittle, and it's going to become more breakable. So if you couple trying to manage arthritis, which is a relatively minor, now it's easier for me to say, I'm not in pain, I'm not the one in pain talking like this but it's it's relatively minor compared to osteoporosis if you have a bone fracture, an osteoporosis related bone fracture how, how are you going to manage that with your arthritis how, how, how are the two of them going to feel together which is going to feel worse not as a competition but do you get what I'm saying is your alternative just an to not train I don't know, maybe it is but Only you can answer that. So in short, yes, you can train with um, arthritis. And we're going to discuss how you can do that and the best way to do that and some worse ways to do that that are not advisable. So does training make arthritis worse? It could do. It depends on a variety of factors. I guess it's a bit like asking, is holding your breath bad for you? Well yes, if you hold it so long that you pass out and or die, I I would say that's bad. I would say it's a bad result. Um however if you practice building up progressively, small, maybe start with ten seconds and fifteen, build it up to a minute, it might actually help you get better at swimming and managing your breathing, managing stress, all that stuff.
1: Is it, or it's a bit like
0: asking, is jumping into cold water in your just your shorts bad for you? Well, it is if you stay in so long that you know, you're know you not used to it and you develop hypothermia. Um, you have to go to hospital. Again, potential of a fatality. I would say that, again, that is bad for you. But lots of people are jumping into cold water these days, right? You see people sw- swimming in the sea. It's not warm. You see people jumping into ice baths, all this sort of stuff on social media. They're, they've built up a tolerance for it. They get acclimatized to it. They get adjusted. They create an adaptation and the progressive adaptation. I don't want to be sarcastic when I ask those rhetorical questions back to you and then answer them. But the same kind of nuance has to be applied whenever someone asks a question. It, it, it depends. It depends is almost always the answer to any fitness or nutrition-related question um, because there's so many variables. There's so many things that can determine whether it's the right or wrong thing or whether it's a yes or no so yes, if you train the wrong way, then yes, it is going to make things worse. It's going to make your arthritis more painful. It's going to cause too much inflammation. That's going to hurt. But if you train correctly, if you get to know what 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 suits you, what works, what doesn't, if you build things up gradually, progressive overload, and that might mean something a little bit different for you if you have arthritis than, than the rest of us. But yes, if you train correctly, build strength, build more muscle mass, this will alleviate pressure in your joints, you will support yourself, you're free and better um you know where wherever you have arthritis whatever joints or wherever arthritis could develop so yes it could make it worse but it could also make things much better if you do it correctly. Um, so it depends on where you have arthritis how severe it is your training history your background your your perception of pain stuff like that as well so how would I advise that you train if you have arthritis? First of all, it depends where you have it, but generally speaking, you have, a, have quite a lot of experience, as I said, at the start of training older clients of so people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and even beyond that. And many of who whom have arthritis to different extents and different types of arthritis. And going by their feedback, going with working with them and how we manage things, there's a few things that I've learned. And one of them is, it goes against conventional wisdom so if you look it up online you look up even some of the arthritic websites regarding weight training they'll all say and almost every website will say this is don't lift heavy weight but do lots and, lo- do lots, and lots of reps do loads of reps i would say this is, this is a problem and this is the wrong approach for a few reasons one of them is the stress so if you're applying stress to yourself by lifting weights it's kind of the point right of, of lifting weights is to, to accumulate stress on the muscle force it to adapt now if you've got arthritis I'm gonna advise you to still lift some weight but start lighter than you maybe no, I might start training you with lighter weight than I would someone else and then I'll take smaller jumps than I would with someone else but I'm gonna keep the reps five or below I'm probably gonna start with doing fives and I'm gonna bring it down um, as you progress but fives certainly for men and eventually for women for older people down to threes Um, so you're you're gonna want to lift a heavy load and for fewer reps because you don't want to over yourself over stress is the enemy it's gonna create inflammation as we said and it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt more so every time you do a rep there is an eccentric contraction okay you're gonna test your muscles you're gonna stress your muscles eccentrically so the lowering of the weight so there's a famous study done Um, two different groups one group was and um, they climbed up to the top of the mountain the other group they got a cable car up to the top of the mountain and they let the cable the, the group that climbed up to the top on the cable car they let them walk back down the group that climbed up they let them come back down the cable car now who do you think was the more sore who do you think Hurt the most who who accumulated the most um, stress in their muscles. It was actually the group that got the cable car up and walked down. So that eccentric, that lowering phase, that going down, that was what did the damage. That's what hurt them. Um, it's not bad. It's just microscopic tears in the muscles, but there's there's just stress that comes with that. So if you try to do lots and lots of weight, lots and lots of reps with very low weight, that is going to hurt more. it's going to hurt your arthritis. I would suggest more than lifting heavier weights but um, with with fewer reps. Does that make sense? It should make sense. The other side of this, if you're lifting with very little weight, light weight, you're not going to get stronger. You might increase muscle endurance, you might increase stamina, but you're not going to get stronger. Stronger means more weight, whether it's pressed or pulled, or loaded in general. You add more weight every time you do it. If it's lightweight, and you're able to do it for lots and lots of reps, you're not training strength. You're not training the strength of your muscles. You're training its endurance capacity, and you're training, it's um, it's your cardio, your cardiovascular system as well, essentially. So, it's something else to be aware of. So, training might you might get a bit of a flare from training, um, you want to try and keep those minimal. You want to keep them small. Sometimes you might have to just take a step back and maybe not do as many sessions per week. Maybe you need a little bit longer to recover, but um it's if, if if you're detrained higher reps are going to be even worse than the low reps and um, because of that accumulation of stress so yeah i would suggest doing the opposite now there are all sorts of thing other things you can do like mobility exercises for your joints to keep them mobile to keep them feeling good remember every joint has a knock on effect for other joints so if a, an ankle or an knee goes wonky suddenly the hip is going to maybe start feeling a bit funky if your back starts to get a bit tight it might be the fault of somewhere else so other things to be aware of i would suggest not training as often as maybe someone else who who ha- doesn't have arthritis so if you're thinking you're wanting to train three times a week doing weights i would suggest twice a week give yourself a couple of days recovery in between um, avoid overdoing things avoid overstressing the muscles the biggest way as i said is overdoing how many sets and reps you're doing keep them to a minimum But the goal is to try and get stronger, right? The goal is to try and and increase the strength of your muscle. Increase muscle mass potentially as well. Um, But yeah, schedule exercise for times of day that you're least likely to suffer from pain and inflammation. So like we said, in the morning time, you might be stiffest and sorest. Evening time might be a better time to do the training then. So a lot of just common sense, right? Um, If you have rheumatoid arthritis, Balancing your rest and your exercise really, really important Um, it's important not to, to get overstressed in general, not just a weight training stress, but over overstressed in general. So whether it's your job or whether it's your family or whatever, try and uh, manage your stress as best as possible because there can be repercussions uh, from that. Um, but yeah, in general, mobility, strength, all those things are going to help. Um, doing lots and lots of reps at low, low weight, as I said, is not the way to go um for those for those reasons um, you can do some cardio i would suggest maybe walking start off see how that goes don't again don't overdo it start light start low build it up gradually the goal is progressive overload so that's the principle of gradually adding a little bit more stress every time you do it so that could be in a variety of ways could be maybe you go a little bit longer walking maybe you go add in a few hills whatever it is um whatever progress looks like to you you can adjust that to suit you, but certainly for the vast majority of people who have arthritis, unless you have a really, really severe, what's the word, d- dose bout, if you've a really severe bout of uh, arthritis, most people are going to find more benefits from strength training than drawbacks. But it's just a matter of adapting it to to you. One thing not to do is like if you've got arthritis in your wrists and your knuckles and your your hands, is not to do things like boxing. Okay probably not do things like push-ups either because it's going to maybe overstress the joint um, but you might be able to get to, to do those things at some stage maybe do push-ups like with dumbbells hold on to dumbbells. maybe grip instead if, if your wrist is particularly sore maybe grips so your wrists are straight that's the other thing you can do this you can do the correct exercise, but do them wrong so you maybe do bench press but if your wrists are all bent back it's going to be sore if you squat's wrong it's going to hurt that's the same for anybody where they've got arthritis arthritis you don't have arthritis um there's, there's always right ways and wrong ways to do exercises, and it's even more important that you get that correct when it comes to training with arthritis. So, going to round up on this week's news, and the first story we've got is from futurely.org, and it's actually from the 20, is that, 21st of July, so a little bit late, but it's more or less than the last week. So the title of it is Low Muscle Mass Linked to Cognitive Decline This is by Fabian Laundrie-McGill A new study finds an association between low muscle mass and cognitive decline in older adults Increasingly prevalent worldwide dementia negatively affects the lives of millions of people and their families By the time of diagnosis, the process appears to be irreversible The new research in JAMA Network Open, however, identifies muscle mass as a more modifiable factor that could potentially be used to decrease the risk of developing the condition before it's too late the work highlights the importance of muscle mass as an independent factor linked with rapid cognitive decline. Low muscle strength has been recently associated with the greater risk of dementia, but is little but little is known about a possible link between muscle mass and cognition, said lead author Stephanie Chevalier. Chevalier, apologies, Stephanie, a scientist in the metabolic disorders and complications programme at the Research Institute of the McGill University Health Centre. With this study, we show for the first time that the presence of low muscle mass is significantly associated with the faster cognitive decline and that this association is independent of muscle strength and physical activity level among other factors. These findings are important because muscle mass is a modifiable factor meaning that we can do something about it. Exercise, particularly resistance exercise and good nutrition with sufficient protein can help maintain muscle mass over the years at Chevalier he is also an associate professor at the School of Human Nutrition at McGill University. Researchers conducted the study using data from the ongoing Canadian Longitudinal Study on Aging, which has a rich data set on body composition and several cognitive tests conducted in person over three year intervals in a cohort of 30,000 people. So it's a pretty substantial study. Research team asked the question whether having low muscle predicts subsequent cognitive decline in three domains memory, executive function. And psychomotor speed in adults aged sixty-five years and older, we found that having low muscle mass was associated with greater decline in executive cognitive functions over three years compared to having normal muscle mass, but not with memory nor psychomotor function loss. Says first author Anne Julie Tessier, a doctoral student from with Stephanie Chevalier at the time of the study, who's now a postdoctoral fellow at Harvard University. Executive functions are important in our day-to-day activities and behaviours as they help us sustain attention, organise thoughts and make decisions. Beyond their role in strength and physical functioning, muscles are the reservoir of proteins that serve several important bodily processes. Muscles also secrete molecules that can talk to the brain. It is also known that exercising and building muscle mass by bringing more blood flow to the brain can favour executive functioning. Our results show that measuring low muscle mass may help identify people who are at a greater risk of cognitive decline. We should measure muscle more widely in clinics, not only in research studies, says Chabalier. Further work should determine if maintaining or gaining muscle attenuates a cognitive decline with age, and if there's a casual link, wh- what the mechanisms are. So, pretty interesting stuff. So, if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're older, if you're younger, it's probably a good idea to start building muscle mass, right? And I don't mean, as I always say you don't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger um you just have to try and put on a bit more muscle than you currently have because we're gonna et- we're gonna atrophy naturally okay so as we get older our hormones change and w- we start to lose muscle mass we start losing muscle strength and there's all sorts of implications from that both physically and clearly from this also mentally as well so love to hear your thoughts on that one if you have any. Our next news of the week story is from NBC News, and the title of it is Vitamin D Supplements Don't Prevent Bone Fractures in Healthy Adults, study finds. A new clinical trial calls into question whether a vitamin D supplement is necessary for bone health. Uh, this is by Caitlin Sullivan, and this was on the 27th of July 2022, if you want to look it up. Vitamin D supplements are widely recommended to prevent bone fractures in older adults, but a clinical trial published Wednesday in the New England Journal of Medicine found that they may not do much after all. In 2011, the National Academy of Medicine, then called Institute of Medicine, recommended the general public get between 600 and 800 international units of vitamin D daily. That recommendation was based on past research showing that the vitamin may support bone health by aiding in calcium absorption and decreasing bone turnover, which causes bone deterioration. Subsequent studies have yielded contradicting results, while some concluded um, supplementing with vitamin D was beneficial. While one even found that high vitamin D levels caused by taking supplements could be harmful and cause more falls. That's interesting, isn't it? I'm not sure how taking a vitamin D supplement could cause more falls, but um, that's another one for another, for another day. Other trials have looked at both calcium and vitamin D together, making it difficult to analyze the vitamin's effects on its own. That was the goal of the new randomized clinical trial to determine whether adding vitamin D alone would preventively improve bone health in men ages 50 and up and women ages 55 and up the results for people who are healthy more is not better said lead study author dr Merrill S LeBoff, director of the Skeletal Health and Osteoporosis Center in Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston the clinical trial included almost 26,000 adults who were followed for five years women as a pretty big big pool of uh, participants too. Women made up half of the number of participants. Black people comprised 20% and the median age was about 67 years. I'm pretty sure that sentence is both racist and uh, ageist. Don't think you're allowed to identify things like that these days, are you? Um. The vast majority had healthy vitamin D levels, just 2.4% had levels both 12 nanograms per milliliter which is considered a severe deficiency. The normal range for vitamin D is between 20 and 50 nanograms per milliliter. Though, buff notes that these cutoffs are arbitrary and each individual is different. Good point. Good point. To test if supplemental vitamin D would lower fracture risk, an important measure of bone health, the researchers compared the number of fractures that occurred over the five-year study period in people who took 2,000 international units of supplemental vitamin D3 to the number of fractures in people who did not take the supplement. Vitamin D3 is an a form of the vitamin that's easier for your body to use it's produced naturally from sunlight or can come from animal sources a low uh, sorry another form of the vitamin vitamin D2 is less easy for the body to absorb even though the study didn't look at the combined effects of vitamin D and calcium the participants in this supplement group were allowed to take 1200 milligrams of calcium per day which is about the recommended daily amount this would allow them to get a healthy amount of the mineral, but avoid taking so much that it would have an effect on the results. A key role vitamin D plays in the body is facilitating calcium absorption. In healthy people who were not severely deficient, supplementing with vitamin D did not seem to make any difference in protecting against fractures. The takeaway that is that in general, people shouldn't be popping vitamins left and right if you're trying to prevent fractures. Vitamin D alone is not enough said. Dr. Ethel Seras, an endocrinologist who works with osteoporosis patients in Columbia University Medical Center, in New York, she was not involved with the trial. According to Connie Weaver, a distinguished research professor of nutrition science in San Diego State University, most people get enough vitamin D from the sun and their diet. From the sun in Ireland? Are you kidding me? Um, you're in San Diego, well, for you. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the North Pole here. We'll be in the North Pole pretty soon. Um, most people get enough vitamin D from the sun from their diet. Fortified milk and juice are common sources that are vitamin D in the US, and oily fish or salmon and trout are naturally good sources of the vitamin. Supplements aren't necessary for most people and don't appear to provide additional bone benefits. Um, yeah, come, on, come over to Ireland and see how much uh, vitamin D production you get from the sun. Oh, Americans, eh? No no offence if you are American, listen to this. Um in the context of reducing fracture supplements won't do much for most for most people. Weaver, who was not involved in new research, said Lebov noted the findings do not pay, apply to people who have severe vitamin D deficiency, low bone mass or osteoporosis supplements do make a difference in these cases, but even then they don't act alone. Coronacerous people who are at high risk for fractures or deficient do not need do need sorry they do need extra doses of both vitamin D and calcium. People who have osteoporosis or low bone density may also need medications. In addition, exercise to strengthen bones is an important piece in preventing falls. Simply giving people vitamin D doesn't prevent fractures, she said, but adequacy of calcium and vitamin D intake, in my opinion, remains a necessary part of the management of people with osteoporosis. There's anecdotal evidence, actually. Um, I heard this recently. Whenever people do adopt strength training, we all know it's good for bones, it's good for bone density, it's good for mineral bone mineral quality. Um, but whenever you start doing a strength training, there has been some anecdotal evidence where, especially females, that they can actually improve and even improve um the 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 density of their bones, but also, um, reverse. Osteoporosis, which. There's there's no kind of. Double blind studies on this yet. You can't discount discount anecdotal evidence either. I mean, if a if a doctor gets a thousand people, thousand thousand patients experiencing similar things, in similar ways regarding an issue, then you can't say oh that's completely value valueless data, as valueless evidence. It's all evidence, and it's interesting. I would I would love to see more of this stuff compiled because I I I strongly would suspect that whenever you lift heavy things progressively build it up, um I wouldn't be entirely shocked if um, osteoporosis can be reversed and um, for a lot of people. So while vitamin D might and they might they're, they're kind of writing it off and it's not a magic potion. we'll, we'll see. I think it says at the starting there's conflicting evidence but they said in addition I just to exercises strengthening bones is an important piece in preventing falls. I don't think people realise realise the difference between lifting something for 20, 30, 40 reps um, in a set, how different the, the stress and the stimulus is compared to lifting something heavy for three or five reps, heavy enough that you can't do six or seven reps. It's a major difference and it's a major impact um, on your bones in a very different way. But yeah, interesting, another interesting uh, story, interesting study. If you have any thoughts on it, I'd love to hear them. Are you ready for this week's joke of the week? gonna guess you're probably not ready for it but here we go what would you get if a dinosaur kicked you in the backside a Megasaurus a Megasaurus That is about all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. If you would like to get in contact with any thoughts, any feedback, any complaints, any better jokes for me, any news stories, um, if you want to inquire about, about training with us, get in contact. Our email address info at or through social media, through Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter website any of those things and we would love to chat to you so have a great weekend enjoy um enjoy the sun if there is any where you are Get that vitamin d do your weights if you to get a train today so you'll be stronger tomorrow and i will hopefully catch you next week